Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. 50 million voices mumbling from the streets. Talking about the haters and who they will retreat. Now folks are talking hard. Hey, checking out the jobs. Despite the hate and lying leaders, we are still alive. I, 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 stand tall, stand tall. Let me talk, let me talk, let me talk. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, 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 stand tall, stand tall. Let me talk, let me talk, let me talk. Let me talk. One warrior of compassion reflection. Available every Thursday. From 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Locked. Warrior Reflection. Where we reflect reality back to you. We begin with our reading. From chapter 8 or study 8, their seal of approval. Introduction. Your phase of initiation is now ended. If you have been following these lessons and doing the exercises at the end of each study, you are moving toward a new phase as a beginning teacher of truth. You might wonder how anyone can teach the truth. How can we dare to say that we have the truth? Some may wonder how we can even declare ourselves teachers. We may wonder who has given us this title and where his or her credentials are. These are all good questions. In order to answer them, I think we must understand what a teacher really is. I am sure that we have all had teachers while we were growing up. When one thinks of a teacher, one often thinks of people who we had as teachers in primary and secondary schools. Most of them probably had college degrees. The major institutions probably put their seal of approval on them by recognizing publicly that these people had the right courses and passed the right tests to prove that they could pass on knowledge to those who would soon become their students. This, however, did not make them teachers. Some were teachers. Some were not teachers. They were the presenters of information. Think about it, if you will. Remember the real teachers, the good teachers that you had. Many of us had teachers who taught us a lot but can you remember the good teachers that you had? Who pops into your mind when you think of your favorite teacher? There was a certain quality about her or him, wasn't there? About her or his teaching style. 
the information was good. There was something, however, about that person that made you hunger to know what he or she was teaching. There was a certain character. She or he wore the mantle of the teacher. He or she stood in the office of the teacher. The office of the teacher is an office of soul. Teaching is a calling. Everyone may be able to do it, but everyone is not a teacher because many do it well. In our society, a dominated society, teaching, like everything else, has fallen into a structure that has become measured by the teacher's ability to do or perform instead of the teacher's ability to be. The one who can perform by persevering through all the higher education, doing all of the papers, and taking all of the tests, receive accreditation as a teacher, and they become teachers the ones who cannot or will not jump through all of the hoops, do not receive accreditation as a teacher, and then um, teaching in some informal way. What is being measured, therefore, is not the person's ability to teach, but his or her ability to listen to orders, to remain in school, and to do many useless papers and exercises so that he or she can finally get into a position where he or she can do what he or she has already wanted to do and always wanted to do, teach. Some people buckle down and make it through all of the paperwork and all of the gatekeeping structures and are still in love with teaching. These are our favorite teachers. Some are so damaged by it that they forget why they even became teachers. They have learned to perform so much that they push their students to perform first. They forget about being a teacher. Being a teacher means entering into a certain mindset. Being a teacher is a spiritual calling. This is what distinguishes the good teacher from the mediocre teacher. Socrates was a great teacher. It is said that he thought of his students as people who already knew everything. He thought that every person in the universe was born with all knowledge in their heads, all of the knowledge in the universe. The teacher's job was to provide the student with the right stimulation to make that aha experience happen. It was to make the student realize what he or she already knew instead of cramming new lessons down the student's throat. Instead of the teacher minimizing his or herself for the sake of maximizing the lesson, the teacher maximized his or herself and helped the student to see reality through the eyes of the teacher until the student began to see new pieces of reality through his or her own eyes. Teaching was therefore walking with the students. It was taking a journey with and pointing a way to instead of having the student sitting in a chair taking notes until he or she was ready to and then having him or her spill it all out on a test before it was forgotten. You are becoming a teacher of truth. That's why it's important for you to learn truth. The important first step in this process is realizing that you know the truth already. 
false humility must be swept aside. Those who are in charge or who make money delving out what they call truth to us little by little will never tell you this. They have kept the truth for themselves so that they can make a living off of delving it out little by little. Some of them even pretend that they don't know the truth, so they, by subterfuge, can use the truth against others to uplift themselves while the world around them is falling apart. Some of them will teach and will stand up and will say that they don't know the truth in order to appear humble. This helps you believe that you can never know the truth in your heart. You do, however, know the truth, even if they don't. What is the truth, you may ask? You know the answer. Since, however, we have not really been moved to think about ways to answer the question in our society, I will attempt to answer the question satisfactorily. Upon reading my answer, you will understand why I said answer the question satisfactorily. One is looking for a way to help her or himself understand the world. One seeks to understand the relationship between an object and the universe. One has a ball in his or her hand and is seeking the truth about that ball. She may ask herself how the universe and this ball interacts. She or he makes, she can bounce the ball several times, measure how high it bounces. She may measure the circumference of the ball He may throw the ball harder or softer and compare how the height of the balance is related to how hard it hits the ground or not. He or she would do many experiments with the ball, with each understanding, her understanding of the relationship between this ball and the university spans. The information that she gathers can be infinite. With each new understanding of the relationship between the ball and the universe, she deduces another truth. One truth builds on top of the other, and he begins to realize that the truths are constantly changing and reshaping themselves as new data is uncovered. The previous truths are not now false. They were simply steps towards the truth. This can go on. For years and years, it can take a lifetime. The experiment can know all kinds of truths about this ball and the universe without being able to explain the truth conclusively. Even if this happens, however, she or he will have the truth about the ball. On the first day, he or she knew the truth. The truth is experiential, not something to be discovered and written about. Truth is beyond words. The truth is a state of being. The first day when he or she dropped the ball, he or she had the truth because the truth about the actual relationship between this ball and the universe was in the interaction between the ball and the universe. It was the ball falling and the ball bouncing and all of the forces acting on the ball The ball and its very existence in this universe is the truth. The object is the truth. Humanity always strives to understand the ways of the universe in Western civilization. This is especially the case 
Everything must be written down in words and debated. It must be experimented on and explored so that we can say in our little egos that we have the truth. We have become so allured by our verbal abilities and writing abilities that we say that things do not exist until we can express them verbally or write them down. This is the result of living in Maya. The fact is that before verbal skills and before writing skills, I am before all of these things. And this existence is what many refer to and still refer to as the tree of life. The tree of life is living in relationship with everything and understanding that relationship by being part of everything else, not by talking about it. Spirituality is about being part of everything and using one's thoughts, feelings, and intuition to know when to move and when not to move in harmony with the whole. So we have the truth. We have it when we have learned to live the truth. What is the truth, you may ask? Still, there is the attempted realization of the relationship between an object and the universe. The truth is the actual relationship between the object and the universe that is only experienced as the universe is acting on the object and the object is acting on the universe. One has the truth by living the truth. One has truth by being part of the universe, by being part of one's larger self and by choosing not only to be full of life and to know life, but to live life. One knows the truth. One then experiences being, and in this case learns how to teach others to experience being. You are learning to teach others how to be instead of perform right now. When a person pants for gold or for jade, one does not do it haphazardly. One is very careful. One slowly shakes away all of the sand and all of the small pebbles. Right before his or her eyes appear small pieces of gold or jade. Where did they come from? They were there all the time, obscured. They were hidden under all of the stone and the sand. By examining oneself, by shaking off the distractions, by shaking off the lust for power and gain, by shaking off the feeling that we are not good enough because we cannot perform well enough, by shaking off all of the messages that tell us what we cannot do, by shaking off the desire for external beauty and external wealth and looking through strained eyes for the internal beauty, the internal wealth, we come to a place where the gold or the jade will appear right before our eyes. As you cross the Jordan, great teacher and warrior, reach down deeply into the water and pan for the gold at the center of your being. As you enter into your own promised land, remember your process for shaking off the erroneous so that you may teach others to do so also. These lessons are your tools now. Feel free to share the information from them with whatever students you may have, not the lessons, but the information. In the future, however, 
as you move forward, you will begin to create new lessons yourself. The greatest teacher is not the one with the most degrees. The greater teacher is not necessarily even human. The greatest teacher is God. God is being love, the universe. And this teacher is above us, below us, behind us, before us, and within us at all times. Now we will have If you would like to learn more about us, visit our website at www.nextstepcoaching.com. That is www.nextstepcoaching.4t.com, where you can learn about some of the things that we are doing in order to make the world a better place. This station and all the work that goes on behind it is being paid for out of our pocket. So if you would like to help us continue to do this service and also help to make the world a better place, please partake of some of the services that we have at John Gilmore's Healing Hands. One of the main ones is a 90-minute massage for only $60 that you can sign up for just by going to the scheduler and hitting the 90-minute massage. Or you can buy any of the books that you see featured there in order to help create a better world for you, for our children, and for our children's children. Thank you for being with us once again at Practical Spirituality. We are always happy to have you here. The following is a poem from the book Love Poems to the Beloved and You by Om Prakash Gilmore. The title is The Tangled Scheme. In this large galaxy full of whirling dust and eternal fires moving ever so slowly around a core of light and a darkness threatening to destroy every planet and physical expression of the natural universe. We stand and watch the tangled scheme of fate unwind the hatred and fear of the unjust until all that remains is you and I immersed 
in the deafening silence of the universal song. A song so sweet, so natural, so harmonious and complete that it can never be heard by those who only have external ears, but only by those who have the ability to listen to your song, to our song, an eternal, flowing, never-ending story that can only be voiced by the magic that exists in each and every heart. And now we move to our next section of the reading, FYC, for your consideration. This month, as you move toward a new way of life and being, we will be moving into a promised land. This promised land has nothing to do with destroying other people or wiping out other civilizations. This promised land involves entering into the inner sanctum of the self and casting out all of the lies and delusions that have been planted there by a society that says you are not good enough, you are not strong enough, you are not fast enough, and so on. We will begin to reclaim parts of ourselves in a healthy way. Consider the parts of yourself that can serve to hinder, serve you or hinder you. There are some that will hinder you. There are some that will help you grow and be who you really are. It is time for us to really consider both of these parts of ourselves. It's also time to realize that nothing in itself is evil or harmful. Things become evil or harmful when they are out of balance and their power is either diminished or excessive. All parts of the human being, especially the emotions, are there in order to perfect the human soul. In this and the next two lessons, we will explore some very powerful emotions that are often out of balance in this world. Through exploring them in these lessons, through exploring them in these lessons, you will learn how to channel your emotions, to strengthen yourself, and to empower yourself. They will then become a source of strength and comfort for you, that of a source of slow, horrible destruction. We will begin with the emotion anger. What does it mean to be angry in the year 2016? What does it mean to be angry in a country where healthy anger is only permitted in certain places at certain times? What does it mean in a culture where one has to keep a cool and collective composure at his or her workplace and in his or her own public life, but where he or she can act like the biggest fool in the world, the biggest fool in the universe, in the privacy of his or her own home? What is the meaning of anger in this culture? How can people handle anger so that it doesn't get out of control. Some past examples of anger getting out of control were all of the random shootings that took place at various high schools. More than really made it to the news during the end of our last millennium and the beginning of this millennium. All of the rapes, spousal abuses, child abuse, these many incidents were and are all results of uncontrolled and unhealthy anger. To understand what is meant by unhealthy anger, I think we need to understand 
what healthy anger is. According to Beverly Harris and the theologian and the well-known womanist, anger is a signal to the human telling him or her that something is wrong in the relationship in which she or he is involved. If one is engaged enough in the relationship to get angry, it proves that one is attached to that relationship and wants to see it continue. The anger serves as a warning device. The healthy reaction to the anger is to talk, relate, explore the anger together, not by accusing each other or by telling the angry party that he or she does not have the right to be angry. One should communicate about the anger and find out why it is there, where the anger is really coming from, and what is happening in the relationship in the present that is triggering the anger. The anger often comes from the past. It comes from past relationships or scars left over from emotional injuries from the past. If someone who is close to us or anyone comes close to that old sore spot, we feel threatened and endangered, especially if we do not recognize that it is still there. We become angry and we begin to shout or to do what is ever needed subconsciously to keep that person from touching our wounds. It is still open and raw at one time. Anger was probably just a biological function of the organism from which we evolved. It most likely gave the organism the burst of energy and bravery that it needed to defend itself. Even then, the organism could not remain angry for a long period of time. If the organism remained angry throughout the attack or defense, he or she would become careless, overtaxed, and possibly get injured. Anger was an initiator. Anger with a cool head often meant victory and survival. Anger out of control meant damage to oneself and unnecessary harm to others. The effectiveness of anger depended on how one dealt with anger. The same, I think, is the case today. Dealing with anger the right way can strengthen relationships and can be a major catalyst for helping to know each other more fully. Today, however, many people don't learn to deal with their anger that way. I know that many men in our society, and I'm not speaking for every man, learn to use his anger for protection against other emotions at an early age. There are a limited range of emotions that men are allowed to display in our society and still be considered men. One of the underlying covert rules about being a man is that you cannot feel sad. You cannot cry. You cannot be afraid before you cry. When we are young, we go through a process of learning to substitute anger for fear or sadness. When I was young, I remember thinking things over and over again that would make me angry whenever I was confronted with situations that made me afraid or sad. I could hype myself up and then face any anger. As I got older, the anger became natural, and it came naturally. Anger became my ally when it came to making it in this world. I knew that I could come, I could overcome anything by getting angry. 
Fortunately, I was raised in a culture where I was allowed a great deal of freedom of expression in other areas, too, like joy and laughter. I was allowed to release pain and sorrows through these avenues. I was also allowed to be angry loudly. I developed several ways to handle the stress of this society. In many cultures in this United States, people don't have these outlets. Many men are not allowed to be angry loudly. They are not allowed to blow off steam or to even laugh loudly in public. So all of the anger builds up. Be stoic for eight or ten hours a day at work. And then become thinking, feeling human beings when they punch a time clock. The human being does not work that way. Everything that occurs throughout the human being's life affects the way that he or she will be in his or her personal life with family members. One must be a thinking, feeling human being all of the time in order to do it well. One must be able to experience a full range of emotions to be healthy, happy, and well-adjusted. That is why I think it is so important for one to be able to stop for a moment while experiencing anger and then be grateful for that anger, knowing that it is a useful signal. One should look at it as an opportunity to talk and get deeper. If one is feeling hurt or fearful, one needs to search deep down and experience those feelings instead of covering them over with anger. In our culture, many women have learned to handle anger the opposite way. Many women in our culture are allowed to be sad but never to be angry. A woman can cry. If she does, she is a tender creature who needs to be taken care of. If she screams and shouts, she is a wild woman who needs a straitjacket. As a result of this, many women, not all by any means, have learned to substitute anger with sadness and have developed the same type of explosive anger that most men exhibit. They have become deeply depressed as the anger that they feel towards another person or a situation is turned inward if the anger is never expressed. And only the sadness that can lead to all kinds of self-destructive activity. The secret, once again, is to look deep within and find out what is there. It is to look at the anger if that is what one is truly feeling to see the anger clearly, oneself at least, even if no one else does. One should express the anger in a respectful way and then work with the friend, partner, relative, or whomever one could angry at in order to bring some type of resolution to the anger. Unchecked anger leads to hatred. When one is too tired to feel angry anymore, it is easier to just build up a wall between oneself and the object of one's anger and hate it, put it to death. As one hates another, however, one hates oneself. What we must often hate in others is often the part of ourselves that we have abandoned in order to take on a persona that we like and the one that we now have, but that part of ourselves is still residing there in the shadows of our minds. If we look at the person who we hate the most, it is very likely we will find that we hate them because they remind us of something that we have always hated about ourselves. 
They remind us of some characteristic that we got rid of a long time ago. Every time that person opens his or her mouth, it reminds us of that part of ourself again, and we want to get rid of it. We hate it. We hate part of ourselves, so we hate them and vice versa. That is why it is suggested that one embrace one's shadow. One accepts that person that he or she hates and also that part of the self that he or she hates so that he or she can become a larger person. The most is lead one to hate, even if one does not hate. However, it is impossible to have love and anger at the same time. One diminishes as one grows. One is temporarily halted while the other is in full control. If one, therefore, resides in a state of love and compassion at all times and filters one's anger through the filter of love, our anger becomes compassion and understanding. The anger expresses itself as the underlying sadness and pain that is really underneath the anger. It changes into a strong, non-judgmental identification with the person or situation that one is angry with. When this occurs, the anger dissipates and no harm is done to the inner self. One does not withhold one's expression of anger and become a walking volcano when this occurs. One expresses one's anger by expressing one's concern. Anger becomes what it originally began as, signal burst of energy provided by the body to protect oneself from injury. Anger happens to remind us of a break in our relationship with another person. Anger also reminds us of a break in our relationship with our own concept of the divine love, God, goddess, the world, whatever one upholds as being most meaningful in one's life, the ground of one's being. Sometimes we find ourselves very busy. We get so busy that we cannot find the time to do what we feel is important in life. We find that we are running around all over the place and doing things that we find meaningless. Our relationship with ourselves and with the divine suffers because of this and because it has become non-existent because of this. Life begins to feel as though it is not worth living and we begin to experience a sort of free-floating anger. We are angry all of the time and we don't have any reason. This is because we are angry with the world. We are angry because the world does not match up to our idea of what it is or should be. The anger is a sign of a break in the relationship and a signal telling us that we must take the time to deal with it. We must take the time to look inward and see what is going on inside We must take the time to reconnect with our higher ideals, the divine nature. As long as we are disconnected, we will experience floating anger. When we reconnect and get our lives back in order underneath the anger, we will most likely find sadness and disappointment. Underneath that, the fear of abandonment, and underneath that, a river of joy and peace that surpasses all understanding. Many women probably find the sadness above the anger. Beneath the anger, they find the river of joy. They have been conditioned in a different way than men. Anger is simply part of a grieving process. 
it is a stage that we must go through to come to a place where we can let go of the hurt and begin to live again. If we rely on anger forever and never experience the other emotions, we will never bring the grieving process to closure and reach the spiritual place that we are destined to attain. For the peace that we seek can be found in self-knowledge. It can be found in acceptance of self. How can we accept ourselves if we can never really see ourselves? When we begin to see ourselves and work through all of the emotions, we will find love. We will find the lover and the loved, and we will find joy. As the Shaolin said, one cannot find gold in sand or jade in stones by working haphazardly. One works diligently with specific intention to separate the gold from the sand and the jade from the stones by shaking off the extraneous until one is left with only the gold or only the shade, only the jade, excuse me, by shaking off the thoughts and ideas, belief systems and values that we have learned from others by shaking off learned maladaptive behaviors through deep introspection, looking inside the golden jade, the precious parts of ourselves will appear as if by magic when we come to a place where we can see our true self we will be at a place where we can experience love and compassion for ourselves and for others. For love bends every emotion and brings it back into proper function. It is only through taking our time that we come to know what love is. When we know love and dwell in love, we can work through the anger, the hurts, the sadness, and the pain and find life, a life that is purposeful and meaningful, as we walk in the spirit of compassion, as warriors of compassion, we learn the truth and we teach the truth through being the truth, our way of living, not through many words. These are the only credentials that one needs to be a good teacher. You, my friend, are a great teacher even as we speak. Release in that part of yourself, the great teacher. It's just a matter of entering in and reclaiming the land. For more information, please visit us at www.nextstepcoaching.4t.com. That is www.nextstepcoaching.4t.com. This week, we are featuring our book, Distant Corners in a Crowded Room, The Application of Sat Yoga Principles for a Better Life. You can purchase this book at our website or at Amazon.com. Once again, thank you for being with us. Now we will return back to the program. For this month's exercise, having you do another meditation for 20 minutes. This time, lie on your back with your right hand on your chest, right on the heart. Bend the other arm. Rest your elbow on the floor so that the arm will fall. If you begin to drift, 
off to sleep. Focus your eyes on some spot on the ceiling and then relax your focus. For about five minutes, just lie there and relax. Breathe in deeply, filling the upper body, the body to capacity, and then slowly exhaling. Inhale by filling the area in your stomach below your navel with air, and then the area from the navel to the lower chest with air, then the chest to the throat, and the mask behind the face with air, a big, long inhalation, in other words. Exhale, beginning with the upper section, then the middle section, and then the area below the navel, a long exhalation. Continue to do this purposefully until you relax and the body begins to do it naturally. Well, this is the natural way that we breathe, especially when we are lying flat on our backs and we're not afraid of taking a deep breath. As you really begin to relax, speak to your subconscious mind. Address your subconscious mind purposefully, expecting to hear a response. Say something like, and use your own words, Slowly show me what unresolved anger and forgiveness I have in my life. Sit there. Let your mind drift. Let an image appear. Allow yourself to see, feel, or hear the situation that took place in your lifetime when you were angry. Allow yourself to experience it again as though you are standing in front of a movie screen and just watching it happen. This is an example of experiences that you have never resolved. All of the energy that it takes to hold that anger down deeply in the subconscious is psychic energy that could be used to help you lead a better life and a more purposeful life. Look at the image. Accept it. Acknowledge it to yourself. And say, I'm willing to let it go. And then let the image fade away realizing that it has no substance now. It is not real. It is merely a memory of a thing that happened long ago. Let your breath carry out the anger as you exhale. Let your breath carry in light and peace as you inhale. Visualize a small ball of white light appearing at the center of the image with your breath as you add to the white light. See that ball expanding until there's nothing left of the image, only bright, clear light. Continue the above procedure for the full 20 minutes, allowing many images to arise one by one. Write them down if you like so you remember them and look for patterns. Do this 20 minutes every other day at least, 21 times. Continue with the other meditations on the days when you are not doing this healing meditation. As we continue on some... As we continue, some of the exercises will change. The meditation that you have been doing for the last few months, the Tanglin, will be your base exercise. The others will change ever so often. Choose your favorites, add them to your repertoire if you have time. The more you do, the better. Continue the 
qigong or some other form of aerobic exercise both together actually set your own schedule and be consistent constancy is more important than vigor the battle goes not to the strong or to the swift but the one who endures to the end when you move to the warrior phase of your instruction you will have many tools for the healing and empowerment of yourself and others around you. At that time, you will be the one who chooses your own program and your own schedule. You may already be a fellow warrior who is struggling against injustice of the world. The warrior phase and the warrior of compassion guild will recognize that fact. It will recognize that you are a fellow warrior working diligently and with great skill to create a better world right now for all living creatures. So we come to the end of our program today. It's always good to be with you. We'll end with a couple of poems by Om Prakash find out more about what we're doing, come visit us at www.nextstepcoaching.com, that is www.nextstepcoaching.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.